Hello, this is Pastor Paul, and I'm an associate pastor at Living Word Church, and this is our podcast. I wanted to say thank you for joining us today, because I know the word from Pastor Doug will minister to your spirit, and it will build your faith. I know God will move in your life because you are a doer of the word. Enjoy today's message. So I was questioning the Lord about what to bring. It's, to me, always a really important thing how we end a year and how we open a year. When you study spiritual things, how we close and how we open sets the stage or creates some some boundaries, if you will, around what we're going to allow God to do. So we close the year, we, we can remember some things we wanna forget, but we're gonna forget some things we need to remember. Today is mostly about what God wants to do to reset us in a right direction. There's a lot of news right now, if you're paying attention to international news, about a global reset. I've given several warnings about that when we're together because that is what the world system wants to do to create a one-world government, a one-world new hodgepodge religion where Jesus is not Lord, but that people run and rule and save the earth. Now, I'm not going into a lengthy discussion or debate about that, but it's in the Scripture. We are living so many things that are in the Bible. We are seeing things play out in the earth as though people have read it and know what it means, but I know they don't. (laughs) Or some people wouldn't be involved in the things they are if they knew how it was going to end because the course of this world is not good. Now, what I believe God wants to put in our hearts today is God has a divine reset because we have been affected by the last year. And I would say that many times we live through something and we don't recognize the residue left in our life because we're in this world. And God always wants us to to return to center, which for us is the Lord Jesus, to look to him and, and to come back, circle back, I would say, circle back and ask him, Lord, what about now? What do I need to know about now? Otherwise, we become too much a part of what's going on in the world, and we will reset our Christianity. I'm not saying we'll leave Christ, but we tend to let go of some of what we need to hang on to when we come under the pressure to conform to this world. Scripture warns us not to be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Today is about getting a hold of what it means to be transformed and recognize we've got to change our mind on some things or we will be changed too much in, in the direction the world is going. And it, it, we may not notice it at first. I, I remember hearing as a kid, if you put a, a frog in a pot of water and then slowly bring it to a boil, he won't hop out and it's true. That's what's happening in this world, and that's where what has happened to many Christians. They've become immobilized by the spirit of this world because they're caught in the environment of this world. And they let their mind align with this world because they've become passive. To be transformed by the renewing of our mind means we are active in our relationship with Jesus. Coming to church is a piece of that, but I would say it this way. It's, it's, it's the outer courts. It's the edge of having our, our mind renewed because I can share with you truth from the Word, and I'm very careful to bring what I believe He has scripted in my heart for this season to bring. 
But then we each have to decide, including me, what to do with it and to allow transformation to occur. Or we think we're just staying the same, but you will never stay the same. We never stay the same. There are spiritual forces at war over you all the time. And they are never passive. I heard it in in a political news program last week, socialists never sleep. Well, think of it this way. Forget politics. Spiritual forces never sleep. Thankfully, the Holy Ghost never falls asleep. But when we look to the other side of that, neither do the devils, all right? They are warring after you. And the enemy knows when you belong to Jesus, he can't exactly get you. So what he tries to do is get us apart from the mark just enough that we miss God's best and we don't feel satisfied in our walk with God. Something he wants for us this year is to take joy in our relationship with him because some of the joys of life otherwise will continue to be trifled with. So we have to decide our strength comes from the joy that we have in the Lord or we'll end up being pulled too many directions emotionally. That way of manipulating people was introduced into our society in this last year in a greater way than ever before to try to get people to feel led by emotion and emotion that was a product of things almost forced on us. To get out of that, we've got to go back to the Lord Jesus and say, reset my heart. Let me be fully after you so that I recognize when something is wrong and it's external happening in the world and I don't let it become internal in my life and mess with me. Otherwise, we become people ruled by our own emotion and we're not compassionate toward the needs of others. We become more isolated and self-focused. And if you wonder what's behind the separation and the isolation, that's the devil's work. It's never God's desire to do that. His desire is for fellowship and togetherness and an anointing that you carry to rub off on somebody else that needs what you've got and what they have rub off on you because you need what they've got. And we can't do it by ourselves. So when we uh, accept that we can't be together for the short term, there should be a longing come over us that says, this is all wrong. We're not going to continue to live this way. Now, you can expect that the world system will continue to change or try to change how Christians serve the Lord, worship the Lord, and are dedicated unto the Lord. So we have to protect against that. And as pastor, I can give you cautions, but you apply them or not. And I'm, gonna, I'm going to say with some urgency, apply the cautions. And be aware that there are spiritual forces after you because you are here to represent the Lord Jesus and the devil doesn't like you representing him in any way. He's out to stop that. Now, this is from Philippians 3 largely today and then I'll go to 1 Peter when we close. But Philippians 3, of course, uh, uh, something that we want to pay attention to, it, it, it ties into our time. And uh, he says in, in chapter 3, we are the circumcision. And what this was addressing was There was a group of people getting into the church world 
uh, telling new believers that they had to go back and practice certain bits of Judaism. They had to go back and be circumcised like the Jews did. And all kinds of weird stuff was starting to come into the church. And God was having his men, his apostles, write letters to the churches to sift out what was God and what was not. Because if it isn't God, it's either the devil or it's flesh. When I say flesh, it's religion or what somebody else thinks that it's not based on the Bible. And we want to know the difference. There's still, there's still religion out there that is not right. There's a lot of things being called Christian right now that are so watered down, I would say they are mostly human. They are not mostly Christ. They are mostly man. And I kind of step back from those things. Why? Because the, the, the church in general, has gone through a season of dilution. And what I'm talking about watching out for personally has come into the body of Christ, and not everywhere is the Bible preached. Sometimes a story is more important than the Bible, or current figures in our, our national history are more important than the Lord Jesus. We've got to be really cautious about things like that. You can get some good information from some of those talks. But they don't even call them sermons anymore. They call them talks. I'm going to give a talk. I'm not interested in giving you a talk. I am not even good at that. I have no interest in that. God didn't call me to do that. He said, bring the people my heart. That's exactly what he said. So to find his heart means that we not only hear his word, we choose to be motivated to do something with it. That's the heart of God. Otherwise, it's just a bunch of words. And words are what create religion. When there's no heart in God's word, it becomes religion. When we put our heart into it, we see God's heart and we have relationship. Now, he says, we are the circumcision. In other words, he's saying this is the real deal. People who worship God in the spirit and rejoice in the anointed Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. In other words, he, he's saying our heart is both submitted and committed to God's kind of life. Submitted and committed. Well, I know a lot of times people submit to something but don't commit to stick with it. And the results aren't there. I predict when I go back to the gym on Monday, it will be the fullest it's been. Because everybody has committed to eat all the goodies and everybody will submit their body to the gym at least once and probably work out harder than they have in the last month to try to burn off more calories than they can and leave hurting. And then the next few days after that, their commitment will be measured. Oh, I don't feel like it today. Oh, if today was only smoother than it is. Or, and, and, and because there's a little pain from what is about to become gain, people's commitment will wane. That wasn't intentional. <laughs> Maybe there's a psalm coming out here in a minute. But our heart becomes submitted and committed to a different kind of life. Now, we're going to look at what he's talking about here in the next eight or ten verses. When we conform to God's ways, when we conform, and that's the product of submitting and committing, is we become conformed. Think of it this way. You become, 
lined up with the image of God or you conform to a shape that is more like God. Our life shapes up to look more like Jesus would have it look. That's what conforming is. If I want to conform to a leaner body, I will stick to my commitment I make at the gym and I will have another commitment, which is really more important. No more goodies for a while or trim them way back or whatever. Why? I've got to do the things it takes to be able to conform or I will just go through the motions. If I leave something out, I'll go through the motions and I'll not get the results. I know I hear people come into that setting and say, it's just not working for me. And they're working out pretty hard. I say, well, what do you eat? <laughs> I always ask, why? Because I learned that's really, that's the, the bigger discipline, is choose, to, to choose the right things. So I'm telling you something about the year to come. We don't automatically conform to be like Jesus. We purposefully do that. And the world will work against it. You can expect it to not be the easiest commitment you will keep. But when you begin to conform and you can look at your own life and say, I am becoming more like the master, you'll be inspired to keep it up. Now, when we conform to God's ways, we will win. It says Christ, but it literally means anointing. Did you know God's anointing doesn't come on us because we want it? It comes upon us because we are becoming more like him. We're not anointed just because we have something to do. And the word anointing means God puts something on us and in us that makes all the difference to live for him. It doesn't happen just because we are choosing something to do to serve the master. It's because we are allowing ourselves to be changed by submitting and committing to something that he is doing in our life. And it's, it's kind of like this. He puts pressure on us. Have you ever wondered how God puts pressure on us? He allows it through testing. Have you not experienced when you submit to the word and you say, I'm going to do that, and you make a commitment and you step out, it seems like all of a sudden everything is more difficult or something is coming or someone is coming against you. The phrase I heard the most in the past year from believers was, the enemy is really coming against me. Well, when that happens, and it will happen because you have an adversary, that pressure is meant to make us conform to Christ Jesus rather than not submit and not commit and step back. The pressures in this life will continue to try to push us away from Christ. But if we are, if we are taking a stand to live for him, when the pressure comes, we will push back. There will be a will to push back. I, I probably learned this the most when I decided some years ago I would become a runner. I've never been a runner. I had never been a runner before. I didn't even like the idea. I liked what the results seemed to do for people. I had a, a, a corporate boss, the owner of the company, ran seven miles every morning. So I got up one day and I thought, I'm going to start running every day. Not seven miles, but I can surely run a mile. And I put on my, my not good training shoes and my 130 pounds more than I am now, and I started being a runner. It didn't work out very well. 
It took a long time to conform. But by the time I, I got in a new climate, a new setting, a new work, I, I needed to be a lot healthier going into the climate I was going to be working in that summer. I became a runner. I got up to seven miles. After a while, I could, I could run the seven miles in the morning and three more at night every day. And my, my son, Greg, back there, he ran with me quite a bit at that time. We were living in, in Virginia. Conforming to the submitting and keeping the commitment brought the transformation. But as, as difficult as it came, so easily it did wane. I'm not a runner anymore. I get on an elliptical. My knees don't want me to be a runner anymore. But I can get on an elliptical and go. Why am I sharing that? Because everything in this life, including the spiritual part of your life, is subject to you managing it. Oh, this isn't the sermon I wanted going into the new year. Let me tell you what happens in verse 8. It's the apostle Paul saying, I've suffered the loss of all things. In other words, he gave up his former life for Christ. He said that I might win the anointing, that I might win. He's not talking about winning the person of Christ, but we win anointing. We gain anointing. We gain God's help and favor and blessing. And we're going to want that in the coming year. To be set apart from the world, we're going to need something extra from the Lord. He said, so I may know him and the power of his resurrection. That word power jumps out at me. And the fellowship of his sufferings. What fellowship? The fellowship of his sufferings. I'm going to have to go through some things. I'm going to have to push back against the, the works of the enemy or push back against the tendency of my flesh to not want to do something. He says, the fellowship of his sufferings, then being made conformable through his death. Jesus went through. He had to conform to God's plan to bring us into the family. We have to conform to God's plan to become Christ-like. We have to conform to something. It's not popular in our culture right now. I have it at, uh, uh, written on my page in, in several places. It's, it's right now uh, people want to be independent or stand alone. In Scripture, that's never a good thing. In Scripture, that's a sin thing. So we're not to do that. We're to depend on Him. We're going to have pressure in this world. And if we know how to push back with expectation, what do we push back with? Our faith. I am going to do this. I am going to live for Jesus today. I'm going to whatever it is you've set up to do that I would say it's not just a spiritual discipline. It's, it's a life plan. For us to get where we want to go, for, for us to have a life that is set apart from the world enough to draw people to Jesus just the way we're living and what happens in our life. He, he says, first, we're to have a power encounter. I'm going to tell you how that works. Whenever we have summer camp, the, the, the youth are looking for, they're looking for when pastor comes, the power of God needs to be in those services. They just expect that. What what they don't know about expecting that's they can pray all that they want to, but pastor has to yield to the pressure of going through what it takes to be in that mode in that service. For example, the enemy will fight what they're praying for. Well, when you're the one to deliver it, where do you think the fight's going to land? They're going to land on the ones praying. They're over there. They're shouting and dancing and praying, and this is going to be wonderful. And the devil's going, I want to stop somebody. So. 
part of being conformable is we say, okay, God, there's a pressure of expectation on my life. Understand being a Christian, there should be a pressure of God's expectation on your life that requires first a power encounter from God. God, I can't do this without you. I always pray the same way for those kind of meetings. I can't do this without you. I need to know what you want. I need to know what you want to say. I need to know what you want that will change lives. And I, I really, I pray that way for every meeting, but those meetings are, are, are different. And they're looking for a tangible expression of God in those meetings. What does it do? It's a different kind of meeting. It's a different kind of pressure. If we were to set up healing meetings, I used to do many of those, travel the nation doing those. It's a different kind of preparation. It's a different kind of pressure. It's a different kind of expectation that I will never experience unless I put myself between what God wants and what the devil's trying to stop. You belong there in your walk with God, and it requires God's power on you to do what it is God requires of you. He will always ask something of you that you are uncomfortable with. Expect this year the power of God to be waiting for you in the assignment that you might resist. Because we, don't, we, we tend to resist what we don't understand. Well, a power encounter. Second, he tells us that we have to be in fellowship. That literally means staying in position. Once we decide we're going to do something for the master, whatever it is, we have to stay in position with that or, or hold our ground is literally what it means. So when the enemy comes and puts pressure on, we take a stand and we say, I I'm not budging from what I said I was going to do to serve the master. I couldn't, I couldn't go into an advertised healing meeting and then do something else. That wouldn't have gone over well. I had to be prepared for what was expected and I had to go to the Lord for his power and his advice and then stick to my guns to do it. Interesting what kinds of things would happen going into those meetings. I don't have time to go into it, but I'm trying, to, I'm trying as best I can to lay a groundwork for you to understand things don't just automatically happen. And if you think this will be an easy year to live out your Christian walk, there will be opposition so what do we do? We want to go ahead and get set against the opposition. Now prepare ourselves for what it is. I remember in that, that running sequence, I got about four months in and my body had to run. It now had, had redefined itself as a runner, even though I didn't look like a runner and I didn't feel like a runner when I was running. My body clock said run, 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 and I started running more. And what happens when we walk with the Lord Jesus is we experience a reset and we begin to line up with what we have said we're going to do for him. We begin to have what we have been saying. And there's a point where we cross over and, and our faith life is greater than it's ever been before. Staying in position. Then there's a confirmation. A con not confirm, but conform. A confirmation. What does it mean? To take the shape of something else. We are raw material for what God wants to do next. And what he did in this last year, is we, we might think we were really put in some kind of mold. He's got a better one this year. And here's what I, what I know going into a new year. When we begin to pray, we begin to put ourselves in line with what God wants to to mold us into, 
so we can be everything he wants us to be? So much of the nation, so much of Christianity is focused on what more will God do for me? And what has he already paid the price for? Let me get all the goodies. I would totally shift apart from that in the coming few months. What can I be for him? How, does, how can I conform to his image for me? Because he's not making you into somebody else. He's making you into the you he created. Now, God has something that we have to catch up to. He has something that we have to attain is what Scripture says. In verse 11, so I follow after so that I might apprehend the thing which I have been apprehended of Christ Jesus for. In other words, I've got to catch up to Jesus to find out why he saved me. I've got to catch up to uh, the, the place I'm supposed to be in my life right now because Jesus saved me with his purpose in mind, not just my well-being. That's a concept that a lot of Christians don't get. God didn't save us just to keep us out of hell. God saved us first so that we could have the kind of life and accomplish what he had for us to accomplish for his kingdom so that we would live eternally in reward and blessing. And it's beyond anything that we know. This is the uh, Apostle Paul writing this. And when I read it, I think, well, he had already done really a lot for the Lord. He had a great perspective. But he's saying, I'm working to catch up to the reason Jesus saved me in the first place. And he's asking that question. That would be one of the best questions we could ask right now because I believe as the world changes and, and the world system keeps kind of showing its face and we see this reset, we've got to reset to what's God's dream for me? Not what's my dream for God to do, but what is God's dream regarding me? What is the mold he wants me to fit into? Why? You will fit into it and go, wow, this is an amazingly good thing. Why? The power of God fits us in that. We go, oh, I didn't know it could be like this. I, I, want, I want you to have an experience this year that you step back and say, I didn't know my relationship with God could be like this. This is amazing. Well, that's what he wants us to experience. And then it, it's not a be conformable and we're, we're being pressured by in some terrible way. When the enemy puts on pressure, we say, I need the power of God. I need the power of God. Why? I'm going to take my stand. I'm going to live for Jesus anyway. I'm going to keep my stand. I need the power of God so that I respond to the pressure to become what God wants and not step back into the shadows somewhere. So if we're going to pursue God's dream, we've got to respond to his anointing. He's talking about attaining anointing here. He's talking about what should set us apart to walk in the power and goodness of God day by day that turns us into the person God wants us to be because we're lining up with his will. Now, this one thing I do, and this is an important thing. He said, I forget the things that are behind. So there's some forgetting that has to happen. Forgetting and forgiving yourself, forgetting and forgiving what somebody else did to you, forgiving, forgetting what you didn't get this year that you thought should work out, letting some things go that need to go. God's mold for you is not dependent on those things anyway. What God has for you to become is, is entirely dependent on your heart toward him. This one thing I do, I forget those things which are behind and I reach forward to those things that are before. 
I'm teaching you how to reach forward today. I, it's hard for me to teach you how to let go of what's behind because I don't know what you've got to leave behind. I know it has to do with disappointments. It has to do with unfinished things. It has to do with, un, uh, many times, forgiveness and unforgiveness, those kinds of things. But we leave those behind, then we can reach forward into the things that are before. Remember who the Holy Spirit is. He's your helper, your teacher, your comforter, the one called alongside, all of those things. But he's there to show you things to come. And he wants you to have a heads up first regarding you. You are important to him. That's why he is your helper. Now, reaching forward unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize. Do we know what it is? to press toward the mark for the prize if we don't know what the prize is, if we don't know what the, the steps are. I would, I would take time going into the, the first of the year, and I'd say some things like this. I would pray this way. Lord, I thank you. Your Holy Spirit shows me things to come regarding our life, our decisions, thinking as a couple, our lives, our decisions, our, our finances, our business, our whatever, whatever all you want to bring before. Thank you for opening my eyes to things to come so we make good decisions. Thank you for going before us in all things and letting us know where we don't belong and where we should not be putting time in. Show me what to leave behind and show me what, what to reach toward. Because so many times people set a whole bunch of goals, but they don't commit to anything because they didn't let go of some old things so they could commit to new things. We have only so much capacity. If you spend a lot of time frustrated over what you didn't get done, it's because you're hanging on to some things you need to let go of. When we choose what's important in the near next term, when we decide what's important to us in this next year and we name off priorities and set goals, in order to meet any of those goals, we have to submit to the plan we have made and begin to commit to that plan and then change our life around to conform to it. When somebody says, I'm really not a church person, you become a church person by choice. And you have to decide, what is that? If you're going to be a witness for Jesus, you have to decide, what is that? What does that mean? If you're going to reach out to somebody, and, and I say this with, with compassion in my heart. If you've never won anybody to Jesus before, let this be the year you change that. And you have to decide, I'm going to be friendly enough to make friends. And when I make friends, I'm going to be truthful enough to tell them the truth. When I tell them the truth, I'm going to point it back to God because he's their renewable resource and I am not. And you move people toward a relationship with Jesus because you will never be enough just to witness and win people on your own. You have to point them to a savior because everybody knows they need a savior. And what happens if we don't is we become a part of a dying religion rather than a living relationship. So one thing I would purpose in my heart is, Jesus, you, you told all believers we should be winning other believers. Then he told us we should be disciples ourselves. That means we should take on a discipline for him. Your discipline for him is going to be between you and the master. It, it isn't for me to decide. It's for you to know from him why. The discipline is what will bring a conforming to his image. Without it, you can be submitted in your heart. You can be committed enough to show up and listen to the word. But there won't be confirmation until you choose some disciplines. 
What does that mean? If I'm going to embrace a new discipline, it works out better if I also let go of some old bad habits. You know, if I want if I want the best results at the gym in the next two weeks, which I do, I will like crash off the sugar. <laughs> Why? My my body is pumped full of it right now. So what will I do? I want to I want to get off of that. Now I can't just jump off and not eat anything. I have to reduce my my intake to half. And I committed this morning. We're at half now, <laughs> half octane I call it. And, and the problem with the half octane is you're used to the the whole deal. Half octane feels like there's no fuel in you. And I'm dealing with that a little bit already. I'm like, oh, I could right now use something really sweet to eat. And I would probably do it if you brought it to me. But don't bring it to me. Why? I'm choosing a discipline to not do it. And we laugh. But literally, the result we are after is in that last little step of, I've got to think right. So I do right. And when it comes down to serving the Lord, we're a blessed. I'm happy with our church. I love our people. But I want us to get the most we possibly can in this relationship with the master so that we are living proof that he is alive and the word works. And for you to have the best that you can have, the best result from your investment. When I, I, when I look at people working, working, working so hard to exercise and they're making that investment so diligently and I'm thinking, I remember doing that and how badly I hurt. And I had to learn the secret of adopt a few more disciplines and that will hurt less and, and get better quickly. We're, we're at a point like that in our walk with the Lord Jesus. I'm, I'm saying all this to make a point. We have been conformed toward the image of the world by everything that's gone on. And we've got to say, Holy Spirit, reset me. Bring me back to a place of compassion. To have compassion, I've got to have an awareness of what's going on in somebody else's life. To have that awareness, I've got to have a connection again. To have that connection, there's got to be some fellowship. If there's going to be fellowship, I've got to yield to what it is to, to do that again and maybe do it differently. And we have to fall into the right kind of activity to get the result that we want. Because I believe it's God's will for the church, the body of Christ, to become the strongest and most determined and anointed she's ever been. Why? The pressure's on to push us the other way. If we live for Christ, he, he said the power of his resurrection is working. I, I have this quality in me anyway. If somebody wants to like mash me down long enough, they can put all the pressure they want on. I will come out of that hold. I will find a way out. I might wiggle my way out. But if I have the strength, I will push as hard as I can to come out of that restriction. You lock me in a closet, I will make a door where there's no door. I promise you, because I don't like being locked in a closet. Anything like that. You have a determination in you. And understand when the devil is coming against you, God will turn it around for the good because there's a predisposition in you called the anointing of Christ Jesus to push back. And when you push back, your results will bring a strengthening. Now, God established a connection and a commitment in the body. This is verse 7. Brethren, mark and follow those who walk as a good example. And he also says to get away from those who don't. But he says, mark and follow those who walk as a good example. For many walk as the enemies of the cross of Christ. He's talking to Christians. Some, are, some become the enemies of the cross. Why? They're not conforming to the work Jesus did on the cross. See, there's no such thing as a passive Christian. 
Because that's saying we have an inert anointing. No such thing. We're either in the power of God or we're not in the power of God. And we determine that. Now, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly. In other words, they're just living a flesh life. And whose glory is in their shame, who's, who mind earthly things. I'm going to tell you something about spiritual things. Always you'll have to be intentional. I, I used to think something was really, really wrong with me when it was hard for me to break a, away and study the scripture for 20 or 30 minutes. That was just like the hardest thing. It seemed like the hardest thing and always stuff would happen. The phone would ring. The, the, something would burn in the oven or what. I don't know what. It's everything under the sun seemed to happen. Somebody would come knocking on the door and I wanted to see them. It was like this, okay. And then pretty soon the day was gone. I thought, okay, I got my three minutes in. And all I was trying to do is 20 and I didn't learn anything. And when will this ever change? Then, and because every Christian is supposed to hunger for the word. So I was trying to do that. I was also trying to learn how to pray. And I would listen to how other people prayed. And they had this little quiet place. And they had a dedicated place. So I went down the list. I have to be a dedicated place. I did all of this. And I'd get in my dedicated place. And within three minutes, I was either falling asleep and fighting sleep. Or I didn't even know what to pray anymore. And I thought it had been at least an hour. And it had been like three or five minutes. I thought, what is wrong with me? What is wrong with me? The enemy was pushing back. And creating pressure, and I had to decide, am I going to conform to the enemy's pressure and jump out of this situation, or am I going to conform under the pressure to what God wants anyway? And I had to trust the Holy Spirit to help me pray. Then I thought, I'm going to stay an hour no matter what. And that was back when Larry Lee was teaching, spending an hour in prayer, way back there many moons ago. So I set my little West Clocks alarm clock. Anybody remember that real loud alarm? I'd set it in there, and I'd set it for an hour, and I would close my eyes. And I'm not opening my eyes and looking at that clock till the alarm goes off, and I'm going to pray. That didn't work either. I closed my eyes and started praying, and I would fall asleep every time. Why am I sharing this? Because you will have to learn to push back and grow for yourself, for God's anointing to increase. What he has spoken to my heart for his people this year, it's a year for us to experience extraordinary anointing of the Holy Spirit, to live our lives supernaturally in the power of God where we know he is always with us and whatever is coming from the world or through the world, we will recognize we are set apart from that and we will have a different outcome because we're in the power of God. To get into that greater power, we have to go through the discipline of knowing what to do under pressure. Under pressure to witness, we just decide, I'm going to be friendly. I, I told you where witnessing starts. It starts by being friendly. Then it takes it to the next level. When, when somebody, you, you've been friendly enough that they're sharing something from their heart with you, you are touching someone's heart, you show compassion. When you start showing compassion, people want to open up and invite you into their life and maybe even into a challenge. And when you're entered into the challenge, you lock arms with somebody. You don't preach at them. You lock arms with it and you say, I want to help you. How can I help you? And ask how instead of starting to preach what? Why? Then, then, then you begin to build trust. And when you begin to build trust, there are little things that you can begin to say and do. Like, I will pre be praying for you. Oh, okay, thank you. And they won't quite understand or comprehend that, but pretty soon they want to know about that praying because something changes in their life and they know you said you would pray. 
and they know they didn't do anything any different. That's the beginning of winning somebody to Jesus. When they see he's real and he loves them, they will want him. And you are the test. You are the test material for that to happen. Don't underestimate what God has in mind for you. This is 1 Peter 1. Our Lord Jesus has has brought us into the family. We are born again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible. You haven't messed it up. It's still there. It's still waiting for you. It's still ready. And undefiled that fades not away, reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God through faith. That's who gets it. We are kept by the power of God through faith. In other words, if we don't tap into his power by faith, we will conform to the world instead of conforming to Christ. How many believers do you know that used to really live for the Lord Jesus? You don't even, they're not even in a church anywhere. I know hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of them. Many who at one time attended here. What did they? They they fell away. Why did they fall away? Because they didn't begin to tap into the power of God to conform to the Lord Jesus' way, and the world pushed them the other way. Understand, nobody is exempt from that pressure. So what do we do? We do the right thing under pressure and say, "Mm, this is going to make me more like the master, and I call on the power of heaven to help me. And when we do that, it'll move us in a right direction. How many ministers I know have stopped ministering? It's not worth it. It's too hard. Why is it too hard for them? Because they didn't go to the the power source to begin with, and their batteries ran dry. I mean, literally, that's how the Holy Ghost works. You don't plug into an outlet, and you're just animated for God. You go in there and pray and spend time with the Master. It's like your battery gets charged up, and you know you've got something from heaven. Everybody has that capacity. It isn't just a preacher thing. Incorruptible, undefiled, and that fades not away, reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God through faith unto a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. That is for now. The power of God to be saved in a way to deal with life right now. The power of God to deal with whatever's going on in the world stage. God's not caught off guard, and he's not surprised. I hesitate when people say God's got this because God's only got this when his people have it. So what we're trying to do today is say, okay, God, through me, you've got this. I'm going to respond the right way to pressure, and I'm going to conform to your image, and I'm going to be a little bolder for you. I'm going to be more certain that faith is working in my life. I'm going to guard what I say with my mouth because I'm going to have what I say. I'm going to join in in fellowship with other believers and not become independent or separate. I want you to, to walk away with this today because when the, enemy, when the enemy is out to divide every righteous relationship, he is wanting to split up the body of Christ and diminish fellowship. That's why we're beginning to push back. That's why there's a coffee hour. That's why I was so happy uh, Wednesday night. So many people just lingered and lingered and lingered and lingered and lingered. Why? We're pushing back. Because we recognize, all right, I know that there's some, there's some COVID restrictions, but we're not going to end fellowship because there's a sickness in the world. We're going to find a way to fellowship. What does that look like? Never has the world had this many people on a phone before. 
And people use it for everything. It can be a tool to restore some fellowship right now. I, I look to, and I question this, how much of the phone time has an eternal purpose? See, if we're not careful, our fellowship time is being robbed by false social connection. Where people aren't even presenting their real life. How many people go on Facebook and post their challenges? They even doctor up their pictures. Here's me doing this. And nobody looks like that when they cut grass. Are you crazy? <laughs> you know, nobody better take my picture cutting grass and say, here's, here's Pastor Doug at his best. I look like a worn out dog or something cutting grass. Get all sweaty. But people put a false front forward. And then you don't feel like you can be real anymore. Fellowship is meant to be the real deal. When last did you convey to another believer a challenge in your life? See, those things have all been diminished. Even altar time has changed because people no longer feel like they can be real and express what's really going on. And the heart of God wants to embrace us right where we are with the power of God to make the difference. Otherwise, we deny the power of God. So I'm going to ask you to consider this in this coming year. and we'll, we'll get into January and the Holy Spirit will begin to prophesy some things. Right now he's having me lay groundwork for that. Be prepared as we come out of this year and go into next year to meet the challenges like that and determine to have a reset. I'll, I'll tell you this, you won't do it without a point of accountability. Most people don't carry enough self-discipline to succeed in a reset. That's why uh, the gyms that will be full Monday will be empty by Valentine's Day is what will happen because people don't do what it takes to reset. They start to set it up, and there's no point of accountability. Point of accountability at the gym, most people get a workout buddy or they, they bond with the people that are there at the same time, and they talk about it. Why? It helps. We are meant to do that. Understand in the body of Christ, we never become fully conformable to Jesus without having the connection with people in richer fellowship. I want to pray before we go today. I know one, one thing that holidays do is everybody gets kind of strung out and pulled out all over the place. I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to begin to do a reset in our hearts and bring us right to the center of what God wants to do. I appreciate you being here today, but more, more than that, you're tuning into what I believe is God's agenda for us. It sets us up for victory. It's one thing for pastor to prophesy and say what the Lord will do. It's a whole other thing that we respond to that and do what we need to do to line up with it. And opening up our heart for a reset is important. Otherwise, I'm just going to tell you, the world will recalibrate you if you're not careful in the next year. It will change the way you think. It will tell you what's important and what's not important, what's essential, what's not essential, what to be afraid of and what to not be afraid of. And we're not to, to look to that source. We're to look to the Word. Heavenly Father, thank you for your people gathered in your name. It's a day that we come together to honor you. 
Father, we know that it's a closing of one season and the opening of a new season on our calendar. So, Father, our hearts are stirred this morning to forget some things that are behind, to forget the, the, the less productive, less fulfilling, less exciting, less joy-filled year that it seems like it has been and press forward to what you have before us, which is going to be a year filled with faith, and power and expectation to be more like Jesus than we've ever been. Father, when the pressures come, we're going to push back against the works of darkness and see your glory in our lives. Father, we're going to see victory. We're going to see healings. We're going to see miracles. We're going to experience better jobs and promotions and new businesses and shift and change toward the good. We're not going to be caught in the soup of this world, but we're going to experience your goodness and your mercy again and again and again. Heavenly Father, I ask you, be especially merciful to those who are drawn to you in this season. And Father, let it be as though you uh, restore and redeem the time. And Father, as though we have a doubly good season in the near term, because we will have what we say. So Father, we thank you in Jesus' name for an anointed life, for a Holy Spirit-filled life, where we can expect direction, where we readily receive your correction, and where we have the outcomes and the change that makes you so pleased that, that it gives us great joy. Heavenly Father, I thank you this year will be filled with more celebration. Even though the world is proclaiming a dark year, we're not having a dark year around here. We're having a year filled with light and filled with your glory and filled with your good because we are your children and we walk well pleasingly before you. Heavenly Father, you stir faith in our hearts for the good report. Whenever we're hearing something contrary, we'll say, but I have the report of the Lord. It is a good report concerning me. It is a good report concerning my family. It is a good report concerning my future. It is a good report concerning my health. It is a good report because it's the report of the Lord. Oh, Heavenly Father, I thank you for creating a stronger bond of fellowship. Father, you know how to do that in this day and hour. Father, where we band together and there's a sense of nobody being alone, nobody being vulnerable, nobody being afraid, but that we come under the shelter and safety of the Almighty God by locking arm in arm and step, stepping together toward your will and your way. Father, I thank you for a great strengthening coming into family this year where they feel like they've been messed with or torn apart or disrupted. There will be peace in this season. There will be a connectivity reestablished. Father, where there's dreams for a closer relationship and stronger fellowship, it shall be so and it will be done in Jesus' name. You'll reveal to us how to do that. Father, as a church, I thank you. And for individuals, I thank you. Your vision for us is forthcoming, that we might walk in your way, that we might enjoy no we're walking closely with you and the enemy has no place in our lives. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us. A special thanks to those who give generously to this ministry. It's because of you that ministry at Living Word Church is possible. You can get more information on our website at go2lwc.org. You can also give online as well. If you enjoyed today's podcast, you can subscribe, you can share it with your friends. You can take a screenshot and post it to your social stories. You know what? You can even share it in person with someone who needs encouragement from God's word today. Thanks again for listening. And as always, you're welcome to join us in person where we will worship together and God will minister directly to you. 
Be blessed this week and be a doer of his word.